But no, there's there's way too many games. Even just Baldur's Gate. Like I'm trying to have like three different groups playing, and I'm like, how much time is this gonna be? Ah, uh, yeah, that's that's my thought exactly. And I also I'm interested in playing Remnant Two, but uh, I feel like I would want to play it with like another person. I don't know if I have anyone that's like, damn, this game looks sweet. But maybe maybe I'll try Remnant One first. Although apparently Remnant Two is like really good. Did you play the first one? I have not played the first one, but I love third-person shooters, so it's pretty. But I, I hate Dark Souls. I'm horrible at Dark Souls games. Oh shit! Well, I was I just, gonna say, like, if you've played Dark Souls, it's pretty much just Dark Souls with shooting. I've heard it's easier though. I, my thing is like, I just have zero patience. I'm like a, I'm like a, I fight the boss like six times. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'd rather just play something else. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, I'm bad at non-multiplayer video games. Yeah, I was surprised that Dave the Diver was single player. I was like, is it gonna be like a Stardew or a Terraria or something like that? Because I'm yeah, really bad at doing my single player cool. games too. Like, <laughs> I'll say I'm going to play it. Like, I got Hogwarts. I played a little bit of it, and then just kept playing more League and yeah, other. yeah. That's exactly what I do. I'm like, damn, this new game's fun, but you know, I could be playing Smash right now. You know. I know. I'm going to do the same thing when Final Fantasy comes out too. The new one, that Devil May oh, Cry the... fighting type one. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, that'll yeah. be sick. So is Smash still your main game? Like your main? I go hard for um... this. I think so. It's hard to say. I, I honestly, God, League just tilts me, man. I, it's like I just, I, it's like you go into a game of League, and it's like people are just always on edge. And it's like I, yeah. I have like a, fa- I found like a direct connection to me, like playing solo queue, and like, like my mental health. Uh, like I, I, you know, I come out of a week, I'm like, damn, this week sucked, and I'm like, oh, I played a lot of solo queue. But Arena's nice. I like Arena a lot because I can kind of just mess around, and plus my girlfriend plays, so it's fun to play with her. Oh, and then uh and then tft is really nice because i can just like turn my brain off and you know yeah the majority of my playing is a ram a little mm, bit of that's Arena. the way but i, I do try yeah. to like grind solo queue a little bit because like i still coach my league team i still follow everything sure. i try to stay up to date with it not as much as i did before for sure but uh yeah i'm, I'm an A-Ram i feel enjoyer, obligated to do it yeah <laughs> keep your skills up do we have to start? We probably have to start. We're probably going to run out of time. I haven't not run out of time yet. Like, I write down all these bullets to talk about, and it's like, oh, shit, like, it's coming close to the hour. So you have, like... Hey, that's, a, that's a good thing. That's a good problem to have. You t- you have to, like, 520-ish your time, yeah? Yeah, give or take. You can go, like, 525 for chilling. Okay, okay. Well, the beginning, I want it to be, like, all about you. So, yeah, I know some things about you. People watching aren't going to know things about you. Um, but I think it's also, I want it to be like, or if you're cool with it, <laughs> like directors learning about current directors, old directors, and big information on that. So anything you want to go into, like bullet points of you. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good to me. It's all yours now. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's giving it to you. So the bullet points of like sure. the career, why you got into it, what it was like at UTD, like anything you want to. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so I grew up in New York, um, and I moved to Pennsylvania when I was in about tenth grade. Um, mm-hmm. and then from there, you know, finished high school, went into college. Um, and I actually I graduated from Kutztown University, which is a state school in like Bumblefuck, Pennsylvania. It's in the middle. Oh, can I curse? Is that okay? Can oh, I, no, yeah, I I don't, it doesn't right, matter. Uh, in the middle of nowhere, PA. Um, and I actually got my degree in music education. Um, and so. 
really early on, I had a, a strong love for teaching, strong love for like student success, education, just really, really liked just the scholastic field. Um, but at the same time, had a really strong passion for like video games. Um, I was a huge LCS fan. I'd watched LCS since like literally its inception. Um, so just really, really big esports. Um, and so while I was teaching, after I graduated college, while I was teaching, I got pretty big into Torbjorn organizing. Uh, I started my own League of Legends league. You know, from there, kind of worked on Overwatch and stuff like that. Tried a bunch of different games, um, but primarily League of Legends. Um, and then I was able to get the opportunity uh, to go to UT Dallas as their esports director, where I ran their esports program. Um, it was a perfect fit for me. It was a combination of like my experience within Scholastic and my experience working with students, but then also my esports passion and kind of my esports interests on the side. Super really amazing opportunity. The students there are amazing. The school's awesome. It's in a really nice location right in Dallas. Um, this I literally went there to interview, and then the second time I was there, I was moving in. So it was it, it moved pretty quick, that's for sure. Um, um, and then yeah, from there, kind of as I was at UTD, really loved it and enjoyed esports uh, very much. You know, had a had a lot of fun. Um, but while I was doing it there, I realized that I had a like my strongest passion was within like tournament organizing and like league management, like slash competitive operations. Um, so I started my own uh, college smash league while I was there. I ran a Texas cup for league of legends, which actually was the, it, it's really funny. My I, when I started at riot, my manager, um, I like went back and looked at my discord DMS, like to talk to him. And I found out that I had actually coordinated with him on a league of legends tournament that I ran for collegiate. Um, and so, yeah, I got really big into league, league management, competitive operations, and that's what led me to Riot. That's awesome. Uh, so with getting, there's a lot I can ask with that. So, <laughs> I mean, music and gaming, that could always be something you do. Do you think it ever happens? Um, it, organizing is like the pure passion now. No, I, I think, I think, uh, you know, I think one way or the other, I'm more interested in like the teaching aspect. Like I would love to teach an esports class or like some kind of like esports class of something or gaming class. Um, I think the music side, I really enjoy a lot. And I think it becomes, it became more of like a hobby than it did like a career path. But it's also yeah. like, since I was like band and orchestra, like it, I, I'm gonna be honest, it was so hard. Like it really, you have to like put like grinds nonstop every day, practice, 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 just to like get a music teaching job to make like 25K a year, 30K a year. And yeah. so, you know, I think that aspect of it was like really just wasn't super appealing to me. Like I love working with students. And so I find myself that I could go back and teach, you know, in like an esports realm. But I think the music aspect is now just like a, a side hobby for sure. I think you for sure, like easily, even like right now, if you wanted to teach, had time to teach or like even like long down the road of like you're retiring, you just want like a side thing. There's so many teaching things. I mean, my school asked me to teach. I think there's a couple other, I think there's someone uh, probably close working relations with you, the teacher at Northwood. I forgot her name. Yeah. Uh, Victoria Horsley. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and my manager's manager, Matt Dasha, teaches at UCI. So I, I definitely know it's out there. And like, you know, even to like your point, colleges are only having it more and more. 
Um, my, my secret dream goal at the, the like the end of my career. I don't think this works as well as it does in traditional sports, but I want to like I want to do the the pro career or the the career of like working in esports, like the pro. And at the end, I want to go to be like a commentator. You know, uh, like you know, the, like the old guys that are like you know, oh, here's my 40 years of experience, and you know, yeah. talk about all the stuff they've been through while getting to watch games. Like that's that's the dream in the end. But you know, we'll we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. <laughs> I'd be sick, and I mean, you're definitely en route for that. Uh... Uh, yeah there's be fun you have so many different routes like available to you and even if it changes like you're still on pace so what's it like being um you've been there two years now right i have yeah or two years and like a month so basically two years yeah even just like the personal being in california like what's the difference there um you want to stay or like i wish there was more geolocation to this no, I honestly really, I mean, this is pluses and minuses. I honestly really love it here. Um, mm. I think, you know, obviously, like, the generic California things that suck, like the traffic, the rent's high and stuff like that. You know, obviously, that's not ideal, you know, not fun. But I like the idea that I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. Like, I can order any kind of food any type of day, yeah. really anywhere. A lot of stuff is open really late. Um, it's also, there's a lot of, like, gaming culture stuff that's probably that's tied pretty heavily in the los angeles like anime expo happened here like a couple weeks ago um and it's pretty huge um did you go, Cal- what'd you say did you go to anime expo i did not go i had a lot of friends that went that yeah. said it was a lot of fun at least okay i was gonna ask just because uh my brother djs at anime conventions and stuff like that he got anime expo last year and then this year i saw just like a lot of tweets about it like it was just super crammed they oversold tickets <laughs> so i was gonna i was gonna ask if it was like bad or good but if they said good, it was probably fine. Yeah, from from people I talked to, they said it's actually like not that bad. Like obviously it's really busy, but from those that have gone in years past, like they kind of knew what to expect. Um, but I definitely think you know we're getting to a point where people have a really strong desire for those events. Like it's becoming more yeah, yeah. socially acceptable to be like a like an anime fan or a gamer. So I think it's only going to be bigger and bigger from here, which is kind of cool. A lot of people's like main vacations. We have one that happens called yeah. a Colossal Con here in Ohio. It's mm, like mm-hmm. an hour north of us. Uh, and it does like big outdoor water park, indoor water park. And like when you stay there, you're spending a lot of damn money. It's hard to get a hotel. Oh, room. yeah. It's a week long and it's fun. It's like, it's awesome. So, yeah, I- I'm all about it. I've gone like four out of five years that I've been here. We didn't go this year uh, just because I really wanted to like practice being a vegetable this summer and I think <laughs> doing a good job. Like I haven't worked that much. I don't even have student workers this summer. Nice. Um, I think this is like the normal process of like working collegiate. Uh, you're able to still yeah. be ambitious, but you need to like be healthy enough to where it's like, I'm going to turn a lot of things off over the summer. Yeah. Summer's definitely a really nice time. I mean, plus also the students one way, they are definitely like also taking a break for sure. Like they're chilling. Oh, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it definitely does not hurt. <laughs> yeah. Even with me wanting to do a boot camp with all my teams uh, in a week from now, all the students that are like gun ho, their varsity, they try hard. This is like their main thing. They still just want to be a vegetable a little bit. Oh, longer. yeah. Like, no, oh, I don't yeah. want this one extra week of training. So <laughs> yeah. that's it. You got to You got to you got to have that break time to make up for it for sure. Yeah. This is, this is the first summer I've done a decent enough job to where other summers, if I try to do this, I'd be like in a regret mode right now. I'd be like, man, I feel like a piece of shit. Cause I just didn't do enough. You know, I'm not doing enough for my program, but I think there's a certain point, like when you mature as a director and you, you can talk about if you matured as director, like, cause you were, you did it for like three years, right? Maybe. Yeah. Two and a, yeah. Three years actually. Well, wow. yeah. 
I was just guessing that because we were on like somewhat the same timeline. So like I, mm -hmm. I'm I'm five years now. You probably started five years ago, and you did two years now. Yeah. It's weird to think about that it was three years because of COVID. Like, I, yeah, I, I, it's I almost always like a forget pause it, button. You know? Yeah, right. Like right. a lot of things did happen, but those things that happened are like they're enclosed in that one bubble of what happened in COVID. Like it doesn't matter for like anything else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. COVID also like and, you know we'll talk about that one way or the other, but it also like changed the game too. I mean, there's a lot of schools that were looking to hire esports related positions and just like didn't because of COVID. So yeah. it kind of put like the collegiate esports scene on hold basically for like a year or two. So it's pretty interesting. And that's, that's like somewhat of the theme that I have going on now. Like I'm thinking like all these random thoughts. So like one of them was like COVID made a lot of people do it online. COVID made a lot of people that like were going to hire and they set up a program and there was a program to run, but then there was no employee for it. So like the club took over, the students took over. And like the main theme I was talking about with like a lot of like D1S schools or like bigger program, like with clubs and whatnot. So like last week we did a uh, UT Austin and they have a huge club and I, my main goal, like selfish goal with this was like asking the question, uh, is it a bad thing that these clubs are basically running the program for the school? I don't know if you watched last, but it's like, it mm -hmm. could be a bad thing. Like these schools could be convinced. And I think a lot of them did get convinced that oh, the students are just going to do it, you know, just keep it as it is like they don't know what they're missing out on the school doesn't even know what it's supposed to do but they see that the, the students are happy they're doing it still they're competing right. they have to spend no money on it it just comes from maybe some student recreation funds that they get from like student senate or appeals or something like that and yeah i feel like i feel like it's a huge problem i don't think it's going to be a continuous problem because you have people like uh, university of illinois doing stuff ut dallas is probably an example um state schools but it was a struggle for me to find state schools that were like doing stuff at the pace privates were yeah i i, I and I, honestly i don't know if it'll ever catch i mean i'm sure maybe one day it'll catch up fully but it's gonna take a long time to get there like the biggest problem in those examples is you really need someone in, in like leadership of some kind that truly like I don't want to say is endemic, but like knows gaming and esports to the level of like, yeah. wow, I'm interested in this because they have to be able to like talk and fight on your behalf. Because it's like one thing when you have a, a, a non-endemic like admin coming in because they don't even know where to start. They don't know anything about gaming. They don't know anything about esports. So now it's on the students to not able to be like not only explain to them the basics of gaming and esports, but to also make like a business case for why supporting their program is worth it rather than already having someone there that can like fight your fight for you because it's like yeah. you know it does feel like we're moving past hopefully at least maybe not as a a hundred percent but it does feel like we're moving past like admins getting in the way of students like they're not shutting these programs down as much as used to they may not be yeah. supporting it and like actually giving it funding but they're at least like stepping out of the way and not being like directly harmful to its existence at all so i think that's at least in the step in the right direction but yeah it's it's really tough to find people that like are passionate enough about it to get in the weeds to like make it happen. Yeah. And I think like uh, nearby to me, Michigan state and Ohio state and like the private schools, it's happening. Just, I mean, it's out of desperation. It's happening with a lot of them. Um, some passion, some endemic people, uh, but the state schools where it's like, even if you do have an endemic person, there's so much bureaucracy and like so right. many people you got to get through to where it happening. It, it does make sense business wise. So like OSU hiring someone, Michigan State hiring someone, even though they don't have like the full scope of what a program should have, be it like maybe scholarship, maybe some housing benefits, maybe some uh, linked athletics, 
all these things they don't really have, but they at least have like a facility, someone looking over it, someone helping them sign up for stuff and maybe some travel. It, it's just like, it's going through the slow steps that five years ago happened with the private yeah. or some of the smaller schools, or I guess like sub-state schools. I don't really know how state schools like identify themselves, but like, yeah, I don't know if UT Dallas would call itself like the state school. I don't know much about Texas, but there's maybe like one that is the Texas school. And then there's like subs. Yeah, UT Dallas, definitely like a state school in the sense of like, if you live in the state, you get like lower tuition, which is really nice. Honestly, yeah. UT Dallas, like as far as like its location and like for esports and stuff, it like is pretty kick ass. It's like right near Dallas, which is yeah. becoming like a stronger place for gaming and tech. Um, it's a large state school. They have about 30,000 students and their best degree is computer science. Uh, yeah. Literally all things made for gaming and esports. Um, you know, they're unique because their program is like their athletics program is division three. Um, so they have like a lot of struggles between like, you know, to your point, you know, there's the UT, which is UT Austin, which is like the school. Right. Um, but at the same time, UT Dallas has 30,000 students. I mean, it's the large, I could be wrong. I, I could be changed by now, but I'm like 90% positive. It's the largest division three school in the country. It's like huge. So they have to like struggle with the like little brother syndrome to ut while also trying to fight and be like a large state school but i think that's why gaming and esports is such a nice fit there because it kind of fits that nerd culture like computer yeah. science is big like they don't have an orchestra but they have an anime orchestra uh, oh like, wow that's crazy like, that's a utd <laughs> you know that's crazy that's awesome but yeah all of this like kind of aligns with like the the path that esports is going and i I, th I mean there's so many things i want to get like your opinion on like my brain's going all over the place but to stick like to the one topic so i don't go crazy um with the clubs doing the work of the school what, what are your thoughts on that do you think it actually is like inhibiting the schools from like doing more is it that much of a problem uh because i mean there's probably I, I would hope that there's some people that watch this that want to be directors and a lot of these wannabe directors are like their club presidents right now or people right. building their resume in college. And I know that some people watch it with like that in mind or like they're brand new directors and they're trying to like build some resume at a small school or community college and then move on to these bigger schools that are like close to home where they came from. Uh, there's There's got to be some tactics to push. But I mean, if if it's not a problem, then you don't really have to push. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to say, right? Because like, you know, like what's the opposite end? They just don't do anything. Cause then at that point, if admins don't care now that it's like chilling and successful, then if they don't do anything, then admins are going to be like, Oh, well, they don't care enough to like, it's kind of like a lose lose. Unfortunately, one way or the other, I would say yeah. it's better to have any kind of program, even if your university is not going to recognize it, because then you're at least to your point, you're still getting that experience, right? Like as mm -hmm. a student, you might not have like the support that you need, but you're still getting these opportunities to work in like team management. You still get an opportunity to be a coach, to write, do content, create, you know, to, to run a stream. It might not be like the higher end experience that you're hoping, but it's better than nothing as much as it sucks to say. Um, Cause like the opposite end, if your admins don't care when you're doing well to make it better, they're going to care even less when you're, when you're not doing well, cause it's going to be a, a reason to really not support it at that point, unfortunately. So, um, you know, it's better than nothing, but it does, it is kind of like a, a double-edged sword of, you know, trying to find that success. What would you say would be like a tactic at all? Like, like a program like UT Austin or there's gotta be other school. I'm just like failing to, but you know, the school that has like 
a big program, state school, big school, they're doing it. They're not going to get anything for a while. That's, that's what my school is, SAUE. It's in Illinois. Um, they're mm-hmm. not going to get anything for a while. But the opportunity lost is just, your, your camera's going crazy. I don't <laughs> know. Yeah, I don't know what happened to it. Did I just <laughs> break it literally mid-chat? chat. It'll figure it out. Like, let me see if I can mess with it. <laughs> Wyatt, Wyatt, what's uh, the tactic here? Uh, yeah, what, what, what do we... Go ahead. All right. All right. It, it'll load eventually. I'll sit still enough. It'll refocus. Do you um, use anything like uh, I use NVIDIA broadcast thing? Like I could have it like put my eyes on the camera the whole time. If I no, I should though, honestly. I, I just use my generic ass webcam. Um, oh, it's a good no, webcam. But... It's definitely better than some of the other people. Yeah, well, <laughs> clearly not <laughs> that good. <laughs> Couldn't last like an hour. Oh, uh, oh nice. yeah, there we go. Oh, there we go. We're good. <laughs> all, all I needed to do was complain about it. Um, <laughs> what was um, I saying? Uh, the opportunity tactics. costs. I mean, yeah, like. Uh, yeah. You see my point though, like they're, they're doing it on their own, but there's a huge opportunity to just get more like, yeah, just opinions on what could, and like my opinions, I always go to like to the drastic, like it could be like pure mutiny. We're going to go to a different school or like, don't try as hard or whatever, but like still it diminishes like your point of like, you're still able to get the experience. You're able to do most of what you want to do. There's things you can compete in. You can still gain like all the resume building that you need to. The only thing you're missing out on is like what these other schools have. Like if you, if you're a big school, big program, and you're not getting the things that uh, Illinois is getting university of Illinois, like you're an overwatch team close to as good as them. And they're getting all these opportunities and they're going pro and stuff like that. You know, it's like, yeah, there's a big FOMO there. And I think a lot of students, it's too late until they notice that. Right. Uh, they're already at the school transferring school is not an option. You're already like midway through getting your degree and your certificates and all that stuff. Uh, like it is naturally going to slowly change, I think, but I, I personally like the idea of making it change faster because from my point of view, probably your point of view too, just like growing up, I'm probably older than you. I'm 36 and I just had nothing in school at all. Like anything that happened, I had to create and like everyone that has this stuff now, I'm like super passionate about like getting more and more people to have it. Even if it's not my school, it's someone else's school. That's like the passion behind doing this podcast is like equipping people to do more. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, I I think like there's kind of two two parts to that. I think number one, on a very basic level, like let's just say let's take like your example to to hard here, right? Like let's say you're a, a a junior in college, you're going into your junior year, you've been there two years, you know, you you have a student, you have a club program there, but admins couldn't give less of a shit. It's a successful program. Um, I think you kind of can look at it twofold. Number one, you can look to other schools. Like it might be hard to transfer, but a being like, Hey, I have an offer from this school. Like I'm considering going here. And all I ask is that you do this. Like you could try to leverage it. I feel like yeah. it might be a tough sell for admins, but it is possible. You know, you just because you might not necessarily want to go to school there, you know, you could consider it like a job and like leverage. Um, but I think on a more basic level, I think students need to, it's going to kind of suck to say, but if your admins are really not involved, they don't, they, they ignore emails and stuff like that. I think you have to start like crazy, crazy, crazy small and start with like your student government, go to your student government and say, we literally want $500 to do a travel to this event. And that's all we need. You travel to the event. And then off of that, as a club, if you're a club that wants to take that next level, you need to know exactly what the goals of your club are and what the goals of like your admins would be. Okay, so if their number one goals are student recruitment and 
uh, I don't know, people talking about the school publicly, like saying they're representing the school. Yeah. Well, here's here's we'll be on stream. Here's the other teams we'll play against. You know, here's us being able to to talk about it. And here like are the, the students from. Join. Yeah. Right, right. Here are the students is now on campus that are going to join because we're starting this, because we're doing this event. Here's the campuses. So I think you need to really identify what the goals are of admins and then build your ask directly into that. And you have to start really small. As much as it sucks, like one really small move that goes really well is a stepping stone because that's all it takes. You know, I mean, even Gateway Legends, like the first Gateway Legends was like crazy. Like it was, it was like a big event, a ton of ton of teams and stuff like that. Uh, and it might not have been exactly what they were looking for, but because it went well, they're like, okay, now we can keep going with it, right? Like all it takes is one successful attempt of something to keep going um, and to like keep, get those conversations started. And if you truly have nothing, like your student government could definitely fight for your behalf. Like they are close to admins, especially if you're able to make that ask. Um, but then also on top of that, you can go to as many different departments as you can and find out what their goals are, like computer science, you know, marketing. You know, you could even you could even do more on-campus events, like community events, and try to tie that into it. Um, so you have to start really small, find the goals that your admins care a lot about a lot, and then build your pitch like directly into that and just build everything around that to try to get something to push that to other things that you might want. Yeah. And even if it doesn't start like in your career of the school, like that's what I did with my club at my school. So it was just a club. I wanted to play with people. I wasn't even the president of it. It was like some other guy was the president. I was just doing the team building and whatnot. And I thought I was going to die when we all graduated because all the leadership graduated all at the same time. But then the club just kept going because there's passionate people there. The club still stays on like the student government website and like different right. schools have different things, but it's able to survive and it's able to survive more if you help it survive. But now it's a it's it's taken a step like my state school took a step. They have like a facility and they have a IT guy assigned to that facility. Nice. That's still like nothing compared yeah. to like what some schools have. But those small steps it just shows like from experience and history of it, it can be what happens. And like at my school, ONU, there was just nothing. This is the rare occasion where like uh, someone in admin just heard that it's working at some other schools and then we went for it. Yeah. What was the story with UTD? Was it like a um, that grew up or? Yes, UTD is actually interesting because um, their League of Legends team, like the year before I got there, their League of Legends team was that actually got to top eight. They got to the land, like the CLO land. So they already had like really strong teams. They just didn't have like a formalized like program of any kind. Like they were all over the place. Yeah. Um, so basically that's where I came into the mix is to like bring everything together into one formalized program. Um, but like, you know, to like my point before, because the school is like really like nerd centric, it was like super easy to like be able to find existing clubs and stuff like that. Like even like the Smash team, like, I mean, our Smash team, I still to this day think the UTD Smash team that we had would would smash any of the other teams that exist. Um, and they were literally just like local students at UTD that were already there um, yeah. just because of like how stacked the area was for Smash. Um, and how good it was. And it was just like, like I honestly, I got so lucky in being able to find those students and kind of keep them in like a good place and like recruit them. Um, yeah. But really the, the school being in such a location that is and like the major degrees and stuff, it was so, so good for esports. Yeah, a lot of schools kind of like do the work for you. And then it ends up being like, you're just there managing everything, doing the maintenance right. part. Bringing it, it all together. It, yeah, and it becomes like yeah. different, like when you when you or I or anyone else would explain the job of what being a director is or like building a program, it, it's always like completely different. So 
I mean, that's why I'm trying to bring in like a bunch of people that worked at bigger schools. I'll probably section off to like doing a bunch of privates and bring it back around a year by year. Um, so did you have connections with those Smash players or anyone that was at the school to get you that job? Or was it just like apply, go interview? No, it, it was apply, go interview. Honestly, I, I that was like my first... I had interviewed at other places, but that was like the first. I actually got offered a job at a, another school in Ohio, actually. Um, I believe it was called Defiance. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It was a long time ago, the long time ago. But that was also the time I was interviewing UTD, and I really wanted the UTD one. Um, honestly, I just came in like crazy prepared. Like I had like a deck on what I wanted to do with the program, like examples of like, you know, what they could do, how well the teams are doing, like you know, where I would recruit from. Like, I just came in super prepared because I know I, I really, really, really wanted it. Um, and I also think I benefited heavily from the fact that I'm a pretty big sports fan and the department is in the athletics department. And so I consider myself really good at being able to, like, talk to non-endemic sports fans about esports and make it yeah. something they can, like, un understand. And I think the sports – and I think the sports – department really liked that about me like i could talk to anybody about esports and be comfortable and and be able to like talk to other coaches and get their feedback and stuff like that um and so i think that definitely helped a lot but it was kind of just like a, a perfect combination of all worlds i think even with that like being a liaison between esports and athletics if you would ask me i don't know if you agree but like one of the biggest skills like sure being able to like know esports and know the players and be able to have them confide in you and be like a good manager and have the trust to like build the program and whatnot that's definitely needed but I, I would say the biggest skill is like for the job and getting everything done correctly is being a liaison between the parties that matter so if you're under student government student rec or athletics or just your own thing under like an upper admin you have to know how they think and talk and be able to go along with like their itinerary for everything and their agenda because right. if you come and that's like what you did is kind of opposite what I do. So I still kind of interview for jobs, not because I'm looking for jobs. It's probably stupid to say this like live, but <laughs> I'm not, I'm usually not looking for jobs, but it's kind of my way of spying on what these schools are doing, sure. how my school can implement what they're doing. Just like see realistically what's going on. Cause usually when someone gets the job and you ask them about it, they kind of like hold their eggs in. They don't tell you exactly what's going on sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but the interview, they tell you everything. Like they tell you what's oh, yeah. going on with scholarship, the facility budget, if you're going to have people you could hire, why they're doing yeah. it, if they want recruits and whatnot. Um, yeah, the, the second year of COVID or like when UTD was going back in person, like that's when I got my job at Riot. That like year, I was applying for like every college job under the sun. Uh, so I was like interviewing everywhere. Um, and so definitely you can really learn a lot about their program from interviews. I very much agree yeah. with that. And you can and, really see, where, especially, <laughs> especially like when I interviewed at UTD, like I did, like I'd done a couple college interviews, but not a ton. And so like, that was my first, like, oh, this is like really seeing what a college is doing with it. But now knowing what I know and like knowing like what general admin goals are and like what a good program versus a bad program is going into these interviews and like hearing, like now I'm really on top of like what these admins are saying. Like when, you know, am I like, oh my God, my BS meter's going off here, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you can really tell what's up and, and who knows their stuff and is like, on top of it but they can also tell from you too so like the way you right. went into your utd interview um so when you came in with all the preparation did you do that right from the get-go or did you like get a initial interview get some prep and then you're like okay these are all the things i need to look up 
Um, it was kind of a combo. I, 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 so I had my initial phone interview, which was kind of a, a pretty basic one. But I honestly, I, I just like it, it was. Were you ready tough. during that phone interview? Um, afterwards. Yes and no. I, I think I was in a really, I, I think like the, the sports aspect, like being able to like, like you said, be a liaison was strong. But I think the biggest, the strongest thing for me was the fact that I already had a teaching degree and I had a strong like, like interest and like experience in esports on the side. So yeah. it's like they knew I would already be good with students. They knew I was already teaching. So I'm not going to, you know, like student success is already on my mind. And then I just put esports on top of it. So it's like, it's really hard to find like when you're looking for an esports director or a coach of some kind and you don't want to take in people that are already experienced it's really difficult to find people with like good experience like like oh this person's workplace experience would make them a good director here and i feel like i had a really yeah. good case for that and so i honestly just pulled a lot like from that i put a lot about student success because i knew that's what they would want to talk about um, but i also talked about like you know like high school sports, college sports and how they recruit. Like I know, I know how colleges like to talk about recruiting. So I kind of like talked about just like my general scholastic and college like experience and it like hit all the points that they wanted already. And you probably kept, I'm assuming you probably kept doing that. Like after doing the couple of years at UTD, when you started doing these other interviews, you probably like didn't have to prep that much because you kind of know like all, and you talked to so many people, you were pretty like good at networking and talking to like the other schools and what they were doing and whatnot you probably built up enough experience and knowledge to where you could like take any question that they were giving you or like any perspective of like, they want you to recruit or they want you to be like a good outreach or they want you to be like academics and research or something. And you can just morph it because of the experience you had. Is that true? Right. Yeah. I, I think so. I think it definitely helps. Um, I do think there's always some interesting ones. Like I interviewed at the university of Arizona. I was actually interviewing for their director job, like right when I got the riot oh, once, yeah, I pulled it out of it. We were both talking about, yeah. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they actually talked like a lot about like diversity and inclusion within their program. And mm -hmm. I de we definitely done some at UTD. Like we had our, our women in gaming and like other in endeavors, but nothing like heavily, like as much as we should have. And so yeah. that definitely took a lot more work for me being like, wow, like I, like should have been doing more like that that was actually pretty cool because it was pretty reflective i was like damn like they have like some really strong ideas and like fundamentals and i'm just like missing the missing the mark and you know that was like one of the interviews where i was like okay like this is really you know they're pushing me a, a bit beyond my boundaries which is what i like you know I, I like when i can come into admins and they're like yo you, you got to be doing more with this I'm like, oh, it's true yeah, and Wyatt probably remembers me saying this so he can, like, check off that I'm not just lying to you. Uh, when I was doing those same interviews, I went pretty far, too, and I uh, talked to the president, um, and she brought up a lot of, like, DEI and uh, research and stuff like that. Um, and I don't know if I failed with this or not because I didn't get feedback, which sucks. It'd be cool to get feedback. Um, I, did a, I did do a lot of the groundwork with my program where, like, you try to help people, like, on a really personal level, and she called it, like, being in the weeds. Uh, where you're like, you're doing the work, mm -hmm. what DEI usually proclaims it's going to do. But I didn't have any examples of like me proclaiming what I do and what processes yeah. I claim to do and whatnot. So it, it felt kind of weird hearing that because I feel like proclamation statements don't go that far. And it's weird to say that they do go that far because the experience and the actual maintenance of it should be more. Like if you talk right. case by case, you know, the person saying like, yeah, this helped a lot is way stronger than looking at a document that says you do it and say like, look, I do it. Yeah. That, that was kind of weird to me. And I still don't really know. I probably would still fail with that. 
Like <laughs> if someone yeah. cared a lot about a proclamation statement, because like a lot of director level people that aren't in the weeds, that's basically what they do. They just like they have all these processes and your underlings are supposed to follow those processes. And it seemed right. like that's what the Arizona job was going to be. Yeah. And yeah. also I'm finding out not having masters is a lot. Have you done <laughs> masters yet? Not not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Honestly, oh gosh. Like I, I finished my college degree and, and I was like, thank God. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, I was, I was so, I couldn't even imagine doing online school either. Like I took like two online classes and like barely passed them. I was, I, I you know, I, so maybe one day, maybe one day if, if I, I think if it'd I be feel fine. Like, and especially you know. now with a uh, chat GPT, have you seen like, true. Yeah, true. So, That's Wyatt oh, knows this because Wyatt just graduated. Like he, he like semi-graduated, <laughs> but like his last year, I don't know if this is true, Wyatt, you can say I'm lying or not. But he, uh, he like had GPT do a lot. And a lot of my other students, they had him like just straight up write all their uh, end of year, what is it, senior year projects. I forgot yeah. what it was called. But oh, yeah. the students didn't even that. know how to notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't admit it. Yeah, wait like three more years and then you're good. <laughs> but like this, the teachers were having like uh, meetings on like, what do we do about this? And I think a lot of the smart, smarter schools are like, you know, just treat it like a calculator. People are going to start using the stuff available to them. and can't do anything about it but yeah. i think like there's a limbo period right True. now where like chat gpt can just like get the degree for you almost which is crazy yeah oh yeah well chat that that's a whole another beast in itself i mean not <laughs> yeah. even talking about like artist work you know and writing work i mean that's oh yeah what the strike is a large part of it you know i, I feel chat bad GPT for the artist crazy. part of it yeah. yeah the writers i don't know how far that actually go but like the art part of it like if i was thinking because i recently there was a valentine's day like uh maybe two three years ago and I got a commission for someone to do like Studio Ghibli art for me and my wife. And like that now, like I wouldn't pay someone. It's like yeah. you, can, you can have thousands of versions for free. And it's, it's crazy. So, it's so weird to say that because it's like you do want to support people and their passions. But also, you know, I want my money to go where I want it. To. It's, it yeah, it's sad. That yeah. is a whole yeah. other whole nother thing. Yeah, it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> so like, let's go back on point. So UTD. Um, got a pretty good insight of like how you got the job and what you were doing. Uh, let's go, let's go into like what you did there. Like the things you got done, things you're proud of, you're going to remember for a long time. Like, sure. boom, this is what I did. Yeah. I, I mean, I honestly think the program just like exploded right off the bat. Like, you know, I think it definitely started competitive. Like, you know, we had our competitive teams and stuff like that, but our community at like aspects were like really strong. Like we would host on-campus events and have tons and tons of students come. My biggest, like the big, the big, the two biggest things I'm proud of, or I should say three, I'd say the community aspect is huge because I thought we had so many students involved. Uh, that was number one. Uh, number two, we had six, Seven students, I believe, might be more actually. Seven students get full-time jobs in esports, like coming out of our program. That's a huge win for me. Like that shows that they're getting relatively good experience within our program. That like these these orgs and companies are actually considering these people, which I thought was really really good. Um, and then more selfishly, I always love our Smash team. Uh, that team, like Smash, is fun because there's no ranking system right because like in league of legends or in any game like that right if your team is gold and you're playing against a team that's high diamond you're gonna lose like you come into the match it's unlikely you know you could pull off some crazy miracle like you can copium your way into like a game but pretty likely if it's that big of a difference you're gonna lose and you know yeah. you know ahead of time you're gonna lose plus yeah. with like 
like league events and stuff like that, when one team beats another team, there's no like, oh, let's get together and hang out and play more. Let's talk more. But Smash, not only do you have no idea how these other colleges are because it's unranked players, you have no idea what they're going to play. You have no idea like what they're doing. And on top of all of that, once you're done playing them, they follow each other on Twitter. They play more games together. And now they want to represent their school even more. Um, and so I think Smash, like like me getting pretty heavily into college Smash and like starting my league and stuff like that while I was there, I think that's like my my selfish baby because I just think that was like one of our strongest teams that like really built a community. Like UTD, like got like I mean that was their first like quote unquote sports championship they won there. Um, and so I think because of that, like the community and like the, the just super bought into the school. Um, and like the local, I think the coolest thing was like the local smash scene there was really strong. And they started being like, yeah, yeah, UTD, like you would see them tune into streams and like shit talk the opposing team, you know, yeah, like, yeah. uh, and, and, and it, it kind of became like their homies, you know, that it was like, ah, oh, UTD is, is the DFW school. Like we're going to watch them play and we're going to support them, which is, which is pretty cool. I think if you give you like some validation on like the smash, not being so selfish and it is important. Um, so I grew up with like the Halo community and it was the same time as like the, the early Smash community and the lands were the same. The feeling was the same. Halo kind of fell through because it was like, well, for me, Halo 1 and on, it was like a lot of drug culture and like not chill culture. Mm. And like it turned yeah, into like course. online with more like structured online. Um, I didn't really follow with Halo, but it didn't go the same way that Smash did. And I think Smash being able to hold on to what it did 20 years ago is incredibly rare. And like, yeah. I think that's why you saw... Uh, the St. Louis event, Gateway Legends, moved towards Smash because the land feeling from Smash is so much, I, I think, just straight up better. Like, even yeah. for, like, a non-esports person to see that, it makes sense. They see the hype. They see the camaraderie. They see just, like, the community of it. Where, like, League, it is just different. You you see people play and leave, and that's about it. And, like, right. it, it's sad that, I, like, a lot of my community building with my program has been the opposite end of, like, your triumphs where... I'm trying to make teams to be like bubbled within their teams, compete in their little conferences. And that's it. Like I'm only just now doing something with my program where I'm like, I'm trying to set up like the local rivalries and stuff like that. Uh, my early ambitions were like, let's just play and win. Let's become as good as we can be. Cause that's what the students wanted too. Right but now I'm seeing like how far local can go. Cause now there's more schools, there's more opportunity for local. You can have like a rivalry school. And what I'm doing this year is I'm setting up an event where, uh, I have a local school that's already a rival in like the division three athletics part. And we're going to do like an annual, like we're play our four games. We'll do like a trophy between the two. And uh, that'll be like my attempt to try to do what you had going on for you. But I think like using what you had at UTD to like continue to build that smash community and like use probably the facilities and like rental spaces that you had to just do something bigger. It's awesome. I, th I think that oh, actually yeah. is like not even a selfish triumph. Like it is like a good thing to do. And I think more directors should do that. And like, I yeah. felt of that too. Like I definitely wasn't doing stuff like that. And Wyatt knows too. Wyatt was, Wyatt's been with me since I started and he knows like doing this, like local engagement, like very personalized, uh, regional stuff just was not on my agenda until now. Yeah. yeah. It really surprised I mean... me whenever he said that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like you actually care about this, but like, I'm starting to get convinced because <laughs> now I'm starting to network. And then now that like lands are coming back post COVID, I get really jealous of the smash people. Like, they're just a vibe. Like they love each other. Yeah. They're they're just gaming all the time. I wish there was just happy some to be here. <laughs> yeah, I wish there was some kind of like it'd be easy to do weeklies with like a league or something like that. But I think that yeah. rank difference really does. Yeah, it like 
stops it hard. Uh, but I think yeah. with like new game modes, like I've had uh, people in my program like show up and do like uh, tournaments within like a game mode of it or something like that, nice. or like just yeah. meet up for TFT or whatever, which isn't league, but it's like the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I think the nice part about league was well, kind of two two things here. First off, the nice part about league and stuff, especially that like there's larger esports events like worlds, watch parties, and stuff. Like I'm sure most yeah, colleges yeah. of some kind have some kind of watch party, or at least students do doing that, some yeah. kind of watch party. Yeah, because it's like everyone knows it's happening at the same time. Everyone knows it's the event to watch, so people get together. So I think you get a lot more community aspect out of that. Um, and then I think at UTD is kind of interesting because UTD is one of those schools, right? That's like top 10 like 15 to 10 to 7 like they're not full scholarship you know <laughs> they're not top 500 players they're not full-time coaches like for their games so they're gonna yeah. lose to those teams like you know the maryvilles and stuff like that but they're also better than the schools that are like not necessarily like larger public schools like they're kind of in that middle um yeah. And so I told people straight up, I was like, look, we're going to do the best we can to win, guys. Like, we're, that's our goal. Like, you know, we're going to try to win, but we're going to have fun. Like, that's we're going to have a good time. That's what we want to do. We want to come in. We're going to be the team that has the most fun. We're going to try. When we lose, we lose. It is what it is. We win, we win, you know, and we're just, we're just going to have a really good time. Like, we're going to tell people we're having a good time, and we're going to have a good time. Um, and so I think that, like, expectation setting helped a lot. And I think that's why Smash was, like, such a good fit, because our expectations were, like, look, we have no idea what the hell college Smash is. We just want to play. We, we, we have a good time. And then, like, they kept winning and winning and winning. And, like, they started it from the ground up. Like, it was, like, not like I brought together five scholarship Smash players or five scholarship league players. It was just five dudes literally just on campus playing Smash, getting together, being, like, fuck it let's let's compete with the team and and they just went on a run and i think that was like really like the goal of our program and you know just good place good time yeah and it's really easy to do that with a program when you have someone leadership like even if you like the students you as leader or not like someone just spouting that rhetoric goes way way further than what you think it would like it takes a couple years of seeing that holy crap me just saying we should do this it just plays out that's that's what happens uh Man, I keep like not wanting to interrupt you, and then I have like all these things I want to ask, and it's, it's so hard because like I'll forget some of them, and then like, oh man. So I'm debating like, should I just like interrupt her? Because I know hey, like you when can. you get interrupted, because when you get interrupted too, it's like, man, what was I saying? So hey, that's fine. That's fine. If you're feeling it, go ahead. But uh, I want to not forget the other points that you made too. So with the the student leadership and getting the resumes and the jobs, was that like? club leadership that was doing stuff like outside of the esports programs is it like pretty wide spectrum what was going on or did you have access to like actual student workers um so we did have access to student workers um it was it was really not much though it would be like you know thankful for anything uh, but it would yeah, yeah. be like 500 dollars for like a year um mm -hmm. so like really like not much um but you know they were doing it for free in the clubs anyway so um, but for a lot of those students, I mean, you know how it is. Like they just want to be around the program. You know, they want to be able to get access to the room. They want to be able to hang out with the team. And you know, especially for like our staff and stuff. Like our players weren't like top 500 gonna dominate everyone, but they were still really effing good. Like they're still GM in Overwatch. You know, challenger GM in League. So like being a manager or being part of the program, like you get to hang out with the boys. You know, you get you get to you get to watch this team and and chill with them and feel like you're like a part of the team. And like so when they go and compete against these other really stacked teams, you get to be like, yeah, that's my squad. Like I know them. Like I hang out with them. 
Yeah, um, I think even like yeah. even all the examples you were saying before of like we're just gonna have fun and it is competitive, we are good, but it's there's a there's a cap to it. I think even the top schools say that too, because like the top schools they don't want their players leaving every year. I'm sure the school doesn't want to see that. I don't think any school you would want any school to see like the retention of your programs just out there. So like even like the Maryvilles and the uh, what's the Houston school? St. Thomas. Good at or... Yeah, there we go. Even like UST. Yeah, it is St. Thomas. Uh, I'm sure they don't want to be seeing their players go, and like they're gonna lose sometimes. Like if their goal is to get number one, and they don't get number one. I'm sure a player sitting there like, oh, like maybe I change rosters and stuff like that. I know right. players are thinking this way. So, I mean, even yeah. if you're at the level that you are level, I'm, I am, and like any viewer, like they're going to have these same debates and it's still all the same, you know, you can manipulate a little bit. Usually you do want to manipulate it too. Cause when a student's like moving around all over the place for like these roster swaps and whatnot, it's usually at the cost of like how long they're going to be in school, prolonging yeah. being an adult. Like I have, I'm not going to name him, but I have a student that I've worked with for a long time and he's been a student for like 10 years now. Uh, it just like keeps going from school to school and you're able to do that. There's no like regulations happening. I don't think even right. like the, the highest conference, like even NACE probably has the most regulations or CLOL has the most regulations. They don't even come close to saying like, yeah, you can only play for four years. Like that's not going to happen for a while, while like, yeah, or maybe ever it'll, it'll happen at some point because yeah, there, there's going to be some exploiters that are going to school for like 20 years because it's yeah, I, you I, just live for free. I, I think that's, kind of one of my pet peeves is where collegiate like kind of is going on like the higher competitive end is it, it yeah. just feels like an esports org. It feels like you're joining a team. Like like and that's that's what I tell my students all the time. Like guys we're, we're gonna win but like you're here to get an education. Like 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 if you're telling me right now that we could win a championship or you could like graduate, like I could give less of a shit about a championship. Like that means literally nothing to me. And it should mean literally nothing to you. Like and it's because comparatively if you could choose one or the other. Yeah, it's because but, you're an adult and like yeah. there, there's adults out there that are caring about the championship, too. But I feel like a lot of them are like really out for like living their amateur dream or living like yes. a pro dream they didn't get to do. Because like you see yeah. a lot of the directors who are running this basically amateur team or online, whatever it, it compounds on itself. And yeah, I mean, I think I share <laughs> I probably won't say like how hard I share the passion of like. <laughs> not wanting to do the amateur stuff in collegiate but you're out of it yeah. and you can say whatever the hell you are <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I i just want to make sure that like you know and, and but like off of it like those opinions reflect on the way students talk about college right they're not talking about it yeah. to go and be like i'm looking for this degree path you know and that's that's always like generally one of the first things i look for is when i see a student talking about where they want to go to school is like what degree paths are they interested in and it's okay if they don't know right but if they don't mention it at all they're like i'm a challenger player looking for team it's like looking for team bro like you're yeah. going to college you know and, and, and i you know or the, I, I, or the posts that you know. say looking for team for this semester right and right exactly exactly like, dude it's like and whenever i mention yeah. it on twitter like i get blasted by all the like the kids they're not kids yeah. i mean they're just like young they're college students they're fans of the team they're on the team whatever and i don't know it it, it feels so responsible to have the viewpoint that we do but from them it's it's not you know you're getting in the way of what they want to do and what what's also sad it's the most responsible way of them to do what they want to do the amateur teams are just garbage garbage i mean i was looking uh, I shouldn't say, but like I have players that are on amateur teams and they're looking to like continue amateur and not be at collegiate. And I don't want to say no, because it, it is an experience, but the amateur teams, they're just, they've been the same way for like eight years. They're just bad. They're yeah. 
probably bad for like what the route should be. Collegiate's able to be better. Yeah, the roster is better in amateur. Maybe the commitment level is better there. And how much you can play is better there. So the probability of going pro is better there. But then if you shape yourself to be like an online school or a program where you can have very little commitment to the school and the degree and all that stuff, it, it usually is just better. Yeah. So it, it's like yeah. We can't have the opinion that we have, but it makes sense to have the opinion that we have. True. It's, oh, you know, it's so you, 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 but at the end of the day, like I also realized, like I can't fault the students, right? They, they're, they're just trying to get, like, yeah. They now because of that, they get to go to school for free, and like, yeah, if I was a student, like, no. right, um, yeah. you know, and and on the amateur team aspect, it's kind of interesting, especially with all like the NACL changes going on, which is like the tier two League of Legends league, um, yeah. for LCS, um, like like Maryville qualified into NACL directly as like their team, and like there are other mm -hmm. schools getting going to get in, so like you're starting to see the mix of the two pretty heavily. You know, if like in, in one way or the other, like if you're like and I can come with a list to see like what you're talking about. So like the NACL. Um, so it's a lot of teams where you could be paid. And if you are paid being like an employee and whatnot, you're not going to qualify to be allowed to be on a collegiate team. Correct. Um, if you are. Yes. If you're on the if you're on the global contract database is what it's called. Um, that means you're making yeah, yeah. that means you're making minimum wage or minimum full time employee salary in California, which is like 65K. And yeah. that means if you're on that, you cannot be on a college team, but mm -hmm. you can be on a college team that qualifies into NACL. But but you don't have to be on the GCD to be in, or the global contract database to be an NACL. You can just be on a team in NACL. And so colleges who are like pay, like full time students that are like you know getting whatever like free tuition, um, they can play in NACL if they wanted to. So yeah, but if they're making enough money, an employee of some other team and that team's competing, that that makes sense. They can't join. And I think right, it's not right. going to be too much of a problem for league. League's kind of like had a long time to mature and. I think like LCS and Academy is pretty mature compared to other esports, but I could see that being like if uh, if Rocket League had something like that, or if Overwatch had CS or not CS, uh, Call of Duty had something like that, it'd be like a massive problem. Maybe yeah, but there's a lot of pro players that play Rocket League for sure. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like Riot's the only company that's being responsible with that, and uh, Blizzard. I don't know what that. I don't think yeah. anyone knows what the hell they're doing in uh, Rocket League. Might make their changes, but then it seems like a lot of people are going to follow somewhat what Riot's doing. I'm not following completely. Maybe you can like educate me. Where uh, they're letting third parties kind of like manage it, but maybe the third parties aren't managing the governing of it. Correct. Yeah, it's like a mix of both. Um, you know, but I but I mean I think to your point earlier too, right? Like like joining an amateur League of Legends team is a risk one way or the other, right? Um, it's like a high risk. Um, and so I think that's why college is nice because college is less of a high risk because even if you go there and you hate it and you don't like your team and you want to leave, you at least have a semester's worth of classes under your belt. Um, yeah. Whereas You're if you leave an amateur team, right, right, yeah. right. Or at least, but if you leave an amateur team, I mean, you know, some of these amateur players are making like, you know, $2,000 for a year, if less. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, I guess it depends on where you value the $2,000 for a year versus like a two semesters worth of college. Um, but it's, that's why it's nice that these colleges are now getting up, like the, especially the highest end ones are getting opportunities to also do academy. Um, Cause now they get to go to school and get that degree, but can also get a higher level of, of competition. And like an interesting thing too, is that we're in the academy playoffs right now. 
And the top two teams that just played in winners finals were both non-affiliated LCS teams. So it was like Team Fear versus Disguise Toast team. Um, so it's pretty cool that like non-LCS affiliate, like true amateur orgs are playing each other, like to make it to that set of finals is like a true testament to like how the gap is kind of closing a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And also it, there's, there's a lot of weirdness that went on with Academy too. in, in the past, like two years, I had a player, I had a few players on Academy. One of them was on hundred thieves Academy, another on CLG and they kind of like told me case by case, I'm going to like talk about it, but like a lot of the, the gripes and the. I guess the structures of like contract holding and stuff like that, that stuff yeah. was happening and that's why they left too. It was some stats stuff to hear, but I think it's time by time, like the experience of it and the exploits are going to slowly go away. There's going to be better fixes to it. And I think it's for sure moving in the right direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. Man, I'm doing the same thing again, where it's like, we're saying all this stuff. And <laughs> uh, that, so UTD, you talked about everything that you got started there. I wanted to, one of the main reasons you're one of the rare people that were like doing collegiate, you loved it. You still love it. Hence why you're talking to me. Uh, but you got out of it because why? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I think the biggest aspect is I just really loved like league management. I think that's, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, you said that before, yeah. but like yeah. outside of just like the passion and whatnot, um, just in a bubble of just collegiate, like if you're going to keep doing collegiate, what would have led you? to not keep doing it. Cause I'm, I'm assuming there was maybe a sense of that too, of like, you know, there's things I want to do that are not getting done. There's. Yeah. I, I think like I would have to have a school like absurdly buy-in. We're talking like full-time staff member for community, full-time staff member for like, like coaches of teams, like full ride scholarships. And like the school wants to do everything they possibly can to see this program be at the absolute, absolute highest level. I think that's why I love Riot so much is because like every day, like every week, I'm like, I have a crazy idea. I'm like, I wonder if this is possible. And I can actually like dig like into what's possible. Like, and I think in college esports, like it's very hard to find schools like that. It's very tough to find yeah. a school that's like, you dream it, let's, let's work to see if we can do it. It's more like you dream it, it's not going to happen. Let's let's temper expectations here, which is like because it, you know, it's yeah. just not going to happen if it's not an endemic person. And then like right. being in industry, which you are now, everybody's endemic. You know, everybody's yeah. for it. Every idea is cool. And everybody right. has I, I'm sure everybody probably has like some kind of input to like, yeah, this would work. This is why and exactly they'll have some experience. So it's probably like, yeah, it's probably awesome being where you are, just having the people you can talk to. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong, like what, what we did have at UTD, like, I mean, you know, in every program, there can always be more, right? Like I was really thankful for what we did have. Like UTD is the reason I had my job at Riot, like no question. Like they, they prepared me pretty heavily, but it's, it's nothing compared to being in a place where like, you know, I don't need to explain what the gaming and esports is. Like the discuss, I still remember like my, like, like third day at Riot, it's not even like second day at Riot. I remember being in like a meeting where we were talking about like the future of the LCS and like high level and like someone like asked my opinion and i was like bro like i just finished the paperwork <laughs> like an hour ago and it's like they like riot really puts a ton of faith in you and like like you really got to be on your shit but it's also like other people are also really on their shit and it's like when you go in these like esports discussions and stuff like that it's like such a high level of thinking it's like you know and to my point of like like league management and comp ops like like these discussions I had, like, you know, I'm thinking like a competitive ops league ops decision in college. And I have to explain to people like 
what a jungler is, what a player is. But yeah. like, I'm, I'm having these discussions at Riot, and we're talking about like the competitive integrity of the league, and like, how does this impact global esports? And and I yeah. think so. It's like, it's just, it's like a different level. It's like, you know, to your point before, everyone's endemic here now, quote unquote. And so it's it just like discussions start at like, like immediately, like, oh, we're on your shit. Let's let's jump right into it. So I think that's. You know, it, I'd have to have a college that like really is like all on board, hundred percent. We get esports, we get what you're trying to do here, and we want to do anything we can to like make it successful, which is like almost impossible to find. Which I get, you know. It, I also get it from a college standpoint. It's very hard to get that full full buy-in. Like, you know, anything is better than nothing in some regards, hopefully. But you know, it's also tough to get that like, you know, we are a hundred percent on board. Yeah, but I think from like the third's eye view, um, so like you going into that meeting and being like, why are they talking to me? I'm I'm sure they do their due diligence and like me knowing you coming from like our sector and going towards industry sector, you're a good candidate because you just have so much experience, you care, you actually like really care and you're trying to have like good work ethic towards that care. And then you come in and you become like their maintenance knowledge. Like, yeah, they're very knowledgeable, but I'm sure you're going to be the same way, like five to 10 years, new guy's going to come in and you're going to be like, yo, dude. What's what's going on? What's what's your opinion? And yeah. it's a relevant opinion because you're closer to that that like uh, generation of gamer, that generation of like what we care about. So I, it's really cool to hear that a company cares like that because I'm yeah. sure there's others like I would assume maybe Blizzard's not doing that because they mess up so often with what they're doing. You know, you know, one way or the other, there's there's always pluses and minuses to everywhere you work. Like no matter what, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously yeah. there's there's always going to be you know aspects you you like and you don't like. I think the cool thing I like a lot about Riot too is that because of my job, I've been able to like give back to college. Like as an example, at the last three summer slash spring finals we've done, um, the day before we've had two colleges or one or two colleges depending on where it is at come and play test on stage. Uh, for us and get to take pictures and stuff like that so their players get to sit in the, the seats that the pros sit in they get to take pictures they get to be on stage sometimes they walk past pros and like get to be like hi you know, hi yeah, Bjergsen yeah. um and we get we give them free tickets and stuff like that and so I think that is like really cool that I'm able to like leverage my position now to be able to give back to the community like I still care a lot about um and so I love that a lot and it's it's you know you, you get to work a lot with like college students like I, I don't know if you know John Gallagher He's like sweet, like um, John from Battlefy is what he used to be in, in the C-Law okay. world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And John's the man. John works at Riot now. Incredibly smart man. Um, but he at spring and summer finals always does like a college esports booth. Basically, it's like a booth where students can come up and talk about it. And it's always bumping. Like there's always people coming up all day, every day, coming to talk about it. And it's cool to like be on the other end of that and being like, you know, like talking to the students about it and have them be so interested in the game that they're like, oh, you know, I go to college for this now. I play on my team. You know, I, I do this, I do this. And then we can take their info down and send them swag packages and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, although I'm not really in college esports, like, like what I was by any means, it's cool that I still am able to stay connected because I, I do I do really care a lot about it. Yeah, and so does Riot, and that's why you're able to stay connected. And like, it, it really supports, I don't know if they're doing this purposely, but like it supports the life cycle of the company, their games, all that stuff. Because if you help school be alive, that's people playing when they become adults. That's adults having kids and having their kids play. And it just becomes like, we're not going to see what it becomes, but it seems like, I mean, if I have kids they're going to be playing league with me for sure. Like, that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, like, I don't know. You, you say that they'll probably be playing Fortnite though. You know? <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, there's, there's that like, 
there's that tier list and high schools are doing it too where it's like that tier list of games they're playing because it's happening now there's a lot of middle schools around here that have like 300 kids in their program and they're playing rocket league and fortnite and then they get to high school still playing fortnite they're still they're playing like valorant and overwatch uh what's crazy to me is it's seeming like the way league is surviving is a lot of people are ending up coming to college and i'm getting a lot of people switching from these other games coming to league it just seems like league's a very adult game i've had a lot of people switch from like rainbow to league uh cs to league and it's crazy that this is happening because like you're getting into it that late it's usually like a thing that like pushes you away because it's so much learning to do but it's the learning that they they like doing which, which, you know, indirectly, one way or the other, could mean that college is a path to pro, you know. It, it's, it's also it like, really you know, the, yeah. it, it could be, could be. Um, but, like, league one way or the other, it, it's, like, interesting because, like, the best player in the LCS this year is Jojo Pion, who's, like, 18, you know. Yeah. Like, how many how many other sports across the world, the, the best player in their respective league is 18 years old. Um, and so, you know, I'm hoping the age, my personal hope is that the age goes up, which is like to your point, like college students play league a lot more than like younger generations do. Um, but, you know, it's, it is also tough to get high scores to play league. Like high scores definitely uh, are more into Fortnite or console games for sure, especially in North America. And I think it'll get, it'll get better. I think the colleges are going to help yeah. it get better. I mean, with Overwatch, Overwatch didn't have much support for the structure at all. And like just Overwatch players in high school knowing that there's so many colleges doing it because like when they started like six seven years ago it was boom overwatch and league like everybody do this and since overwatch was newer i think it just like took off faster i think league league just has a lot of hiccups like play versus like beat it up a little bit um yeah it's 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 definitely gonna make a comeback it's uh from from what i see i have so many like high schools around me there's a I think there's like 150 high schools that have like programs. Oh yeah. And it's it's really easy to like just set up that community and have them like naturally get recruited to you because you show that you care about league or whatnot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's still out there for sure. People really love it. Mm-hmm. Um so I was I was assuming more with you <laughs> with uh leaving UTD. Was there was there any like I don't want to like blast anybody, but nah. is there anything like you wanted to do that couldn't happen? Because we talked about the things you could do and you're proud of and like successful program, awesome thing. But yeah. Anything more that you wanted to do and there was just like blockages. And I think I think the biggest that. the biggest. Well, you know, like, you know, one way or the other, like, you know, I felt that I just needed to progress my career. And like, you know, I, and I, I love my admins to death there. You know, like my our athletic director, his name is Bill Pettit. One of the nicest people I've ever met, like my manager, Rob Bogardis, to this day, I, I talk to them like they are amazing people. Um, but I but I think I, I me personal, like my personal growth, like I just wanted to just really go hard. Like I really wanted, like I knew I, I aimed high. Like I just really like I yeah. wanted to be at Riot because I knew that was like where to be with esports. Um, and I think with UTD, like when we hit COVID with like many other programs, like our budget got completely cut. Like we were like working like absolute, absolute bare minimum. I mean, we're, we were all online, right? But then when we came back into school, like they kept the budget the same because it's like, look, we're, we're, we're struggling here. Like we, yeah, we're, like we we're can't do anything. Them. Right, right. And I'm like, look, I get it. Like, you know, I, I, I don't blame you guys for doing this, but like, this is not what I want. Like, I don't want to be a part of a program that's basically being like, we're just surviving here at this point. Like, I want to be a program that's like, we're, we want to put, you know, we want to put emphasis on this. And you know, I think that's like indirectly is being a part of the athletic department. That's kind of a problem. Apparently, they're now switching out of it, hopefully, into student affairs, which is what I've heard, um, possibly. Yeah. 
That's uh, a lot of awesome. with Division Three. I mean, my school's yeah. Division Three. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of trouble with like how scholarship worked. And now that NCAA like knows what esports is, they have like rules for how right. scholarship works. And I mess it yeah, up every they, year. Athletic, yeah, athletic messes it up every year. It's just a dangerous place to be. Yeah. Completely agree. And, and it's like, and you know, and it's like the benefits you get out of, out of athletics don't necessarily outweigh the negatives. Like they're having our, our students do like concussion training and like drug testing and stuff like that. And like, and I'm like, guys, like, like I get it. You know, you're, you're trying to make them as part of the program, but it's like, you're almost making their lives harder here. Right. Um, and it's to like, and to the point of the athletes too, like the, like the division three, like sports players, they're also looking at this and being like, this is stupid. They don't need this. Like they don't need yeah, to yeah. take up these resources. And we agree, you know, <laughs> like, you know, we, we don't, we don't want to take these resources away from you. We think you guys actually get a lot of value out of this, whereas we don't necessarily get a lot of value. And so I think it's a lot of like old traditional ways that were rooted that they just like didn't want to get out of. Um, and I don't know, know if it's and, the same yeah. way manager and boss, but it was, uh, so here um, we couldn't find the actual rules if we have to get like drug tested, if we have to have an athletic trainer, if we have to do all these different trainings. So since we couldn't find it, I just asked my boss, like, I'll, I'll participate in the things that make sense and that we want, but can we just like not do the rest of it? And he was super cool with it. Like I, I have a really cool boss too. And uh, the athletic director, the assistant athletic director is really smart too. So it's, I could see a situation where you're under people that just like don't care enough to change and they're just going to keep doing what they've been doing because it's so much easier to do that and not do a differential thing for right. subdivision that makes a lot of sense like that's what happened to us for like the first year and i was like yo this is a lot like it probably cost you money too and we eventually yeah. got out yeah i think for them it was like a big sense of like well we're already doing it for the other teams we should just do yeah. it for you all and it's like it's easier to keep doing what we're doing than to put the effort in to change it um and like and as an, like an example too it was required that students had either like a secondary insurance i believe or some kind of insurance and we had students that like didn't have it um like they just they, they'd never played in a sport they didn't need it and the school was like ready to kick them off the team because they didn't have it it's like guys like they're sitting at computers like it, it's just not the same like you have to recognize that it's not the same and, I, and you know and and, and, and like like i said before i loved my time at utd honestly I, I still think to this day like it's a really good school for esports and gaming but i think they are kind of moving at a like a slower pace that I would want out of a program. Like I want, I want something that's like we're ready to move. Like I'm, I'm past the point of excuses now. You know what I mean? I'm at the point now where I'm like, look, like here's what we want to do. You know here's our goals. Possible. You know, yeah, because right. you know right. it's possible. You see some other people doing it, but like what a lot of what I'm starting to see, and I don't know if you agree, is like the state looks at the state, and then whatever's happening nationally, no, it's right. not our competition, not our problem. We don't have to move at their pace. So that was another reason why I like strategically had Austin from Austin last week and then you from Dallas now. Yeah, uh, which which is also funny that you mentioned that, which is also kind of what held UTD back because UTD could be like, oh, look, look at us compared to other Texas schools. Like we're ahead of them. And, you know, we're, we're doing stuff that they're not doing because there are all these huge schools that but but now that like when you look at other schools out of state, they're like, oh, no, we don't want to do that. You know, we we just wanted to be better than like UT Austin, which doesn't have anything. You know, we wanted to be better than you know UT San Antonio, which has like a, a student club program. So it, it almost yeah. like made their lack of pushing like justified and they'll only compare apples to apples and that's another right. key thing like when i think exactly. like going towards because i wanted to end up asking we're naturally doing it of like what what's needed what can we grow towards what are the tactics to do this um 
the comparison thing is a very real thing and you have to know like yeah. what they're going to compare to. You can, you can say all day, like, Hey, look what Northwood's doing. They're a small school. They got all this. No, like they're not, no way, <laughs> especially right, if you're right. not in Michigan, you're not doing all those things, but whatever Austin was doing, like, uh, I think there's going to be a big tactic to like, if you were still at UTD and Austin was last year ago, Austin director from Austin, uh, just, same name. I don't know if you guys know each other, do you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Austin's okay. the man. Yeah. And uh, like if he was starting his job and he had a contact with you and you were like, hey, man, like you're going to beat us in every possible way. Like here's I'm going to tell you everything to do. <laughs> and I think I think that's going to be a tactic that people can start using because yeah. um, I think it would work. Uh, it's kind of I don't know how sneaky or morally right it is, but it, it does make sense. Uh, people should naturally be looking for advice for the people that have been doing this, too. Because that's that's going to be the quickest way. We all want things to move quicker. We want to establish this faster. But the competition between the schools that are doing the same things, like same degrees, same recruitment from like state, right? Uh, within the same like geographic, that that's the only way. They're, they're not yeah. going to compare anything else. Even like salaries, they're not going to do that. Like it's going to be salary comparisons. Like if I'm looking at the salary for my job and I'm like, hey, can I get a raise? And everyone else around me is making like five to ten less. It's not going to happen. No way. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. right. Yeah. You yeah. can't really argue for like metrics and ROI and how successful you can be. And like, look, look, this is successful. There's so yeah. much of like, this is how much we invested. Uh, and, 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 yeah. I, and I think to that, like kind of point too. I, I think the, the endemic, non-endemic aspect too, like I, I like, I worked my ass off at UCD. Like, you know how it is like weekends, weeknights. And I think like my first two years, like I was all day, every day and not a single admin batted an eye. Like they, did, they just didn't give a shit. They either didn't know enough to give a shit or didn't give a shit. And, but Riot is like, like if I tell my manager, like, I, I like, like this past week I had COVID and I was like, I was pretty sick. Um, and like one day I was like, oh, I'm just going to work through My manager's like, hell no, you ain't working through. Like, get out of here. Like, take this time off. You know, like yeah. we, if we, we've LCS scheduled that'll like take us to the weekends. He's like, you're not working. Like you're an idiot. Get your two days. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think they like recognize like that esports can get on that like grind. And they're like, you need, you need to balance your work life. But colleges don't recognize that as much. And so they don't step in to do that. They're just like, oh, you do whatever you want, you know. If you're gonna burn yourself out, have at it. You know, we're, we're not gonna get in your way. But but riots very much like you, you need to balance it. Like you have to you have to chill the fuck out. Yeah, and like there's there's not very many of us. I, I guess this is one aspect of like telling the others of like working your ass off. There's probably a small probability you do boost your program success a little bit, but at the cost of you, it's just not sustainable. Like I. Everyone comes into the th into it thinking like I'm super passionate. I'm going to build this thing, and like a lot of them are very genuine about it. And you get five years deep, like even like t I think the responsible people, two years deep, they're going to know this isn't sustainable. Like you yeah. should be like wanting to get into a relationship or having other hobbies, being healthy, having friends, yeah, <laughs> doing yeah. all these other things, and you just don't have the time to do it if you're like gun hoeing everything because you know how it right. is. You're just getting messaged all the time. And if yep. you feel like you're not helping your students at the time they need help, then what kind of asset are you? Exactly. And yeah. It's just, you, you can't keep up with it. And like the students aren't going to understand, uh, cause yeah. they're just, they're just young. <laughs> so it needs to be you that balances it, but you're always thinking this balancing that I'm doing is at the cost of the success.
Right. Like, like, and even looking back at my time in Texas, like, and especially when you're working that much, like, like I said, I moved from Pennsylvania to Dallas for that job and just jumped right into it right away. And I, I really like outside of like other directors at school, I basically never met any friends like to this day for better or worse, like the closest people I know from my time there are the students. Like I would honestly consider them friends. Like I, I'm going to a smash tournament in August and I have UTD students that are like old UTD students that aren't there anymore going to the tournament because I'm still friends with them to this day. Um, and it's like, it's like your friend group almost becomes like the students, which is not healthy one way or the other, because, you know, then you're like a faculty student friendship, you know, and obviously that has its complications. Um, but, you know, but, but also for me, like when I started there, I was like 25, 26 and I had students that were like 23, 24. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is kind of close. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's, it's a, it's a weird balance between the two, but I also think it's really nice because you can come in and like talk about like modern day culture and stuff like that and be on the same page with kind of where you're feeling. And that, that was always pretty cool. Yeah. And that's what they want. And like, it, it is yeah. definitely not healthy when you're there and like, I've had assistants in the past because I've had the fortunate thing of being able to hire assistants. I've had assistants that are like almost the same age of them and still almost the same age of them with different assistants. It, it is just scary. And they don't know it's scary until it's like almost too late. You try your best to warn them. Uh, yeah, it's, it's able to be really bad. But I do think it's able to be healthy. Like if you keep that line while they're there and then after when they start their career, you know, you're somewhat mentoring them still a little bit. And then I think it's very natural to like stay friends with them afterwards. I don't know if you would agree if that's yeah. still unhealthy just because of the generation gap or whatever, like you should be making friends your own age or whatever, but it's still like within the same realm. And I think the internet's right. kind of right. helped make like younger generations and like us and like me being older. How old are you? Sorry. Um, like 31. 20. Oh, really? I didn't know you're yeah. that close to me. I'm, 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 I'm up there. We're, we're in our thirties. We're basically dead at this point. We're senior citizens, honestly. Yeah. Like, if you were still collegiate, we'd be like within like the top five, top that's 10 true. oldest. I think maybe <laughs> I'm wondering if I'm number one. There's no way I'm number one because there, there's a doc from Boise. Yeah, there's, uh, there's there's others out there too. There's, yeah, yeah. Maybe not as vocal others like on Twitter, but they're definitely out there. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That, that's the one I, thing. That's another reason why I'm doing this podcast. Of like the vocal on Twitter part is starting yeah. to be starting to be scary because like yeah, I'll do I'll do some interviews. I'll talk to some people and like they just look me up and they're like, yeah, if I was you, I wouldn't be doing what you do. And I'm like, shit, that that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, there's obviously some like uh you know you know you know how it is the social do, media I, world one I way or the other yeah <laughs> but like the relevance to it I, I got caught like thinking the relevance to it was a lot more relevant than it actually is uh yeah it's just part of like getting older you start to see yeah it's not what it, it's not what it is you know <laughs> yeah agree very much agree um we only have like a few minutes left i like to give some time to just tell everybody what you're doing, give an update on you, the people that know of you and like curious, you know, if I, if, if I wasn't talking to people and networking and whatnot, and I knew of you, I'd want to know what you're doing now. So sure. Fill that, yeah. Fill that itch, scratch that itch. Sure. Been, uh, yeah, things are going really well. Um, I work at riot now. I, I work on competitive and league operations. I mainly work on the LCS and NACL, which is like the new Academy. Um, I mainly work on like just operations for those. I actually did find out recently that I am going to Worlds. I'll be working at Worlds, um, so that'll be pretty hyped. Worlds is New in Jersey, Korea. Right? Oh wait, no, that's uh, no, no Worlds, right. hey, Worlds in Jersey, baby. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Oh well, summer finals will be in New Jersey, which will actually yeah. be really cool because I'll be like a half hour from like my house, so all yeah, my yeah. friends are gonna come. Um, 
but then yeah worlds is going to be in korea and then finals is going to be in like a like a korean baseball stadium like a big one and i'm really hyped because i'm a huge baseball fan so i'm super yeah. hyped to be able to to check that out uh yeah that'll, that'll be know. a lot of fun i just need to know <laughs> when i should start packing my bags <laughs> uh you can come along you want to uh you want to you want to come play test for us you just got to pay for your flights and hotel oh <laughs> uh, you know we'll make it work <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, have so many, I have a current league student is a challenger adc of mine he's he's in korea now wyatt was in nice. korea what two years ago uh yeah two years ago now yeah and like <laughs> just you know with wyatt because he's trying to like project what he, like wyatt uh he's trying to go like heavy heavy production dream job is like lcs or lck well lck because he's he wants to be in korea but uh yeah, I mean, this is part of like his resume building for it. Like, you, you can see like some of the assets look pretty close to like the dive and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and Korea, Korea is is hella fun. I yeah. and see my favorite part. Well, not my favorite part, but one thing I really liked about Korea is that I was able to play Korean solo queue. And Korean solo queue is has everything that you love about regular solo queue because the players are like, but the players are really cracked. You know, you get to just queue up whatever you want. It's super low ping. However, yeah. because I don't speak Korean when they're flaming me for being dog shit, I don't even know what they're saying. So <laughs> I, it's even better because now my mental stability is stronger. Cause like, I don't, I don't know when they're telling me I'm horrible. When I like fuck up, I'm like, ah, you know, in North America, when I fuck up, like you better believe they're telling you, you fucked up. But oh, in yeah, Korea, yeah. I'm sure they're telling you. I just don't, I just don't know if they're telling me. <laughs> But, but that's every game. It's not even like a league thing. I I, I know yeah. a lot of people like to say like league's the most toxic, but now that I've been with other games for so long, they're all toxic. It's like anything that's team based and you can put some blame on like, oh, it's not my fault. It's this guy that did this. You're You're going to have that and you're going to have people being just crazy about it. You know, it's the first game I've actually started recently playing this game that I feel like the community is actually more positive. The negative is BattleBit Remastered. That community oh, yeah. is I love super, super positive. They are yeah. so funny. They're so funny. I think it's like the style and also like yeah. how the game probably got marketed to them because they probably just like saw some YouTube videos or some TikToks of like right. people just dying, getting drugged all over the place. And Screaming. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like, Blasting music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's just got yeah. that vibe. But then like the mechanics yeah. of the game are actually good yeah very, it's very, very fun to play <laughs> it feels really rewarding to actually like shoot in that game it it is really well made it's like 15 bucks too but yeah it, it's so fun you have the chaos in the beginning beginning everyone's screaming it's it's mm -hmm. it's a really good time i thought the same thing of uh valorant when i started playing valorant mm -hmm. when it first came out and then i played a little bit recently but i just didn't run into anyone being toxic like at all and i played maybe maybe like 100 hours like that's it and uh I don't know if it's true. I, it probably isn't because my players are like, you know, I hear them. I hear how they're getting talked to sometimes. <laughs> but I, I thought that maybe like voice comms make it to where people aren't going to be as much of an asshole. And I think it does a little bit to a certain extent. But yeah, I don't know. It's, maybe it's just yeah. not as rare in Valorant because I, I thought like, oh, shit, like voice comms is the key. Like you put voice comms in the game and like it's going to alleviate itself. But I think with yeah. like such a history of League, you put voice comms in League, you're going to have <laughs> some yeah. different stuff happening for a bit. <laughs> I, I think the thing with voice comms, I'm, I'm a big fan of League and voice comms, or voice comms in League personally, because I think it would be beneficial. But, you know, I mean, obviously it's like your bullies are even more bullies now. Like, you now your bullies are screaming in your ear that you're dog yeah, shit. Yeah, it's able to be more um, hurtful, for sure. Right. Like, uh, and, even and if like you're, yeah. like BattleBit detects a bad word immediately and you're gone. Right. Like you, you've probably seen that. And I'm yeah. sure like Valorant or any other game could do the same thing, but you could still like get around that and really, really hurt someone, you know? Right. So plus, I, I plus like, 
voice comms are more like, you know, obviously you can meet them, but they're more detrimental to your actual gameplay. Like you're going to make a play and someone's screaming in your ear, you know? I mean, even in Valorant, like you're trying to clutch something out. Um, someone's going to be telling you what to do for better or worse. Like they could be helping or not, but they're going to be actively in your ear, like yelling or telling you stuff. I think that's more like impactful of actual gameplay than like someone in chat telling you like your dog water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we ran out of time, but thank you for coming on. Genuinely, I do think you are an awesome person. I stay I, like, I hope you stay oh, thank you. forever. I, I hope that. you continue to like talk to me and like keep, of keep in touch with like the collegiate people. Uh, you're an awesome person. I hope you go like really far. Like if your passions are like genuine, you want to like keep going and make esports an awesome thing. Like whatever your passion is, I wish like the best for you. Like you are the person that should go as far as you can. Thank you, Troy. I, that, on, <laughs> that means a fucking hell of a lot. It was really nice. Yeah. It's always a pleasure. The podcast is awesome. I always love having these discussions. It's it's always a ton of fun to talk about stuff. Wyatt, thank you for helping with production. Like honestly, you did a great job. Really appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you. Thank um, you for being on. When you when you're gonna hide in my bags and come to Korea, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out, make it work. Don't so. do that. Do not offer oh, that yeah, shit. Don't hit me do with that. a good time. Like, he's, he's, he's come gonna, on my way, bro. No, Say he less. Will, I, he will do that. Yeah, I yeah. already when, as soon as I saw the location, I already looked up the uh, the what the flights for that week. I was like, ah, maybe I could do it. Maybe I couldn't. <laughs> I will say if you, you ever need like a competent sidekick or anything like that, Wyatt is like <laughs> the best sidekick I've ever had. I and mean, he's graduating like right now. That's so. what's up. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again. Appreciate the time and goodbye.